0: Hey, okay, it's Rob and Greg, we're back for some more random rambling rhetoric. What do you think of that?
1: Wow, I, I'm done, you're the man now, and we actually... I've been I, saying that
0: all the way down here, rambling.
1: This <laughs> is our one and only for quite a while Leap Year show, because Leap Year won't be around again for a bit, but don't our, jump, don't jump. Our, our good friend Luke Roman, he was in town, and you know Luke, he's been on a couple times. And it was cut, touch and go and I'm like, Well, we have show B, even though we're the eighteen yeah. doing the B thing. We have our guest Hector here who can see and he'll <laughs> chime in when he wants. But the first thing I want to say is big shout out to our good friend the Baron. He was named DJ of the Year on one oh six point three right. inaugural. Yeah. So it means they must have well, John Adams is a business show on there now. So it's quite the honor and he's been he said he's been doing this for seven years, and it's the best thing that ever happened to him. It's just like you would have think, here join our quest here and right?
0: that's awesome. And that's a great station too. It's good to have a local station kind of just playing random program trademark things, you know.
1: No, and the thing like John Adams is doing a business show on Wednesdays, and it's really good. Like if you're looking for a job, you just want some life tips, and he makes it the topic interesting. and He yeah. gets people on because you know that could be like sawdust talking about business. Was
2: that the guy we had on? Yeah, here? he's been okay. on a
1: couple. He's always like the more deep conversations right, that are right. over our heads. But it's on every Wednesday from eleven till twelve. Right. Now I find it's 106.3 I don't know if you have this experience, but I, I have to stream it. I can't get it on my little radio. And I can get a whole lot of shaking out, but I can't get one. I'm
0: sure I can get it in the car. But I get the, uh, it in the, car. the
1: other mm-hmm. big thing about the Rock and Roll Rumble, the one I feel honored, the end music was played right here with Greg and our great maestro Andy Shirley. That's how he ends his show every week.
0: I think that's great. That's a great honor to have. I'm so,
1: still waiting for our checks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want I get my three cents every week. But listening to it was really, really good, because I was busy running around and keeping the fans away, waiting for the cops to come when we were playing on the roof. (laughs) I was
0: busy touching and going.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing I wanted to talk about was bands a little bit, though, because I actually had this this metaphysical moment. What actually is a band? Is it become... It's a pain in the ass is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's become a, a bunch of crazy. <laughs> you can't do anything else. You?
0: <laughs> That's right. I want to play in front of people. But I wonder, uh-huh. is it
1: like, the some of its members or does it become a brand? Because like you get like, there's a lot of these bands touring around. And we just say Journey. And I don't know how many, I know Steve Perry can't hit the notes anymore. I don't know how many members are in there. I know Kansas, I think, has two members. Sticks has two members. Well,
0: I mean, most bands start out as a camaraderie as a unit and like that old saying, the old chestnut where they say you got your whole life to do the first album and a year or so to do the second one so you know the egos get weird and then people start thinking well hey the success is because of me, and then they think that they're all that, and then the problems start.
1: Well, that's what they said about Kiss. They said the thing that people have talked about this, and I'm still one of those purists where I think their first three albums were just awesome, maybe Destroyer, but they were all on the same page. They all right. want to, even like Peter Chris, I guess, said to Paul Stanley, and I'm getting worried. I'm like almost 30 because he's a little older, and we're not making it yet, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. But I think you all have, like, this shared goal, and then all of a sudden... You know, maybe you start out, and you come from humble beginnings, and you get this first royalty
0: check. Yep. I mean, even Lou Graham was saying that in his book. I mean, when he first got his first check, he was like, holy crap, you know? You know I well, mean, like, you've arrived. You've been struggling, 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 and then, you know, here, buy a house. Like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> Lemmy, like
1: said, like, it was, they were getting, like, these checks to go, well, it doesn't pay our bargain. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But it turned out like Lemmy was actually worth 10 million when he died. Wow! And he said, but he still lived in a rent-controlled house in West Hollywood, a little one-room apartment, oh, because he wanted to stumbling to the Rainbow Room, right? Because, because I guess he, like he just said like he couldn't drive well, so he just didn't. Yeah. But he was but I guess it wasn't really from Motorhead, it was from being Lemmy. It was like all the movies and
0: everything else. The Rainbow's a cool place. I have to say, I was only there once when I lived out there, but boy, what a cool place that is. And
1: that was actually that's why Back Blackboard picked the name. It's not like you know, they make it look like it's some mystic progressive right. with the cool covers. It was named after the rainbow girl. Yeah, no
0: doubt. You
1: know, and I always like that, the Troubadour, the whiskey, those are like some places. Yeah. And it would be like, Lemmy would be playing, they call it the fruit machine in England. It's like slot machine. And I think he had like, you know, little touch games. Wow. They would He would be in the corner, and if you wanted to go up to him, he's always like, Lemmy's had this rep as just being a total gentleman.
0: Yeah, but I think the thing, too, with bands, um, they get off the track sometimes. It's like, you know, you have the sophomore slump with the second album, and a lot of bands can bypass that they come out with a strong second album but you know you got you got the touring the burnout you have to have smart planning you have to have you know logistical breaks and things i mean so you don't you know kill yourself on the road and then you've got the old uh life just getting in the way you start having kids or getting married or hopefully getting married first, and then, you know. But Billy got married, <laughs> like the <that> whole
3: song.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, just a lot of roadblocks, but a lot of good things, too. I mean, if you're writing good songs and you can keep your mind in the game, and I think on a local level, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat this to death, but I think pe- people, especially on a local level, you have to remember it's show business. You have to, you have to approach it a little bit exaggerated and a little bit, you know, over the top. I mean, you got to be able to play and back it up. But if you play and are somewhat showy, I mean, I'm not super showy. I don't, you know, set my sticks on fire or twirl them or anything. But you know, I try to be visually. I don't know. I saw appealing. when you threw sticks
1: up in the air, you chugged a pitcher of water waiting for them to come down. <laughs> you ever do the one, though? I always made wish would be cooler. Yeah, I, think though, it was, was it? I don't think it was even in spinal tap. So it was some drummer threw his sticks up in the air and they stuck, like sticking ah. up. <laughs> you're know, like, look it up for.
0: That's from my years of making pizzas.
1: <laughs> but a plus, too, you've seen the different dynamics because you're only in like. 40 bands yeah you on a, a, you know, a slow down know, from 90 <laughs> you know you notice the dynamics of all this yeah
0: and I mean yeah I'm not saying be phony I'm just saying be entertaining I mean to me because it's show business man I mean you know make me want to leave the house make me want to come and see something interesting you know but yeah. I'll stay I'll get off that
1: no, like, he's going to blow whammo Bubbles if it'll bring you out. No, yeah, that's it. No, and I think there's different types of bands, because I think some bands, they become what they, they're known for. Change. Like, Jethro Tall, there was, like, there's a, this there's a thing I saw on PBS, and it was hilarious because they did a reunion, and there's, like, almost 40 different guys who've been in the band. Like, I met Danny Pegg, a really sweet guy. And I had him sign my old Christmas album. Yeah. He's like, I mean, I don't know how, and we use with Fairport Convention, and all that stuff. I don't know if they all, but it's the Ian Anderson, basically. Uh. But, like, I think other bands like the Beatles or Led Zeppelin, like, say, Paul and Ringo stayed, and they had the Beatles, like, they brought in, like, Danny Lane or somebody. Right. I think that would be kind of weird.
0: It would be. I mean, you get that whole thing where you get down to one member or two members, and they, they, uh, you know, they try to pretty much hijack the name of the band and and go from there. And then you got issues with that, too, sometimes, because then the other people say, well, wait, we were in the band, you know, about whatever. That's why was. it's trademarked here. That's right. Because <laughs> I know that everybody wants to imitate us. Nobody can...
1: They just can't do it, though. No, they can't. And they have other things. Like, I know, like, Zeppelin. And who would want to? Jason Bonham would do the Led Zeppelin, plays the songs Led Zeppelin. Right. And they, I'm sure Paige probably owns the name. I'm sure they didn't mind. Like, if he went around, got, like, three guys and called themselves Led Zeppelin, that might be different. Yeah. But they were always, in. you know, the thing was, like, they just said it was all four of us and it wasn't the same. And you look at, like, The Who, they're not half as good without Moon. Right. So I will say they put on a really good show, Zach Starkey drumming for him back in 2018.
0: I'll tell you, I wish I could find a really good singer because I would love to do, as silly as it might sound, I would love to do a Grand Funk tribute band because I don't see too many of those around.
1: All right, because, what have you found?
0: Like a, a really
1: good singer. <laughs> This is interesting, though. In terms of people quitting and finding replacements, what are like the toughest positions to fill? Now, I've heard two just from my band experience with people but keyboards
0: and bass. Like. see
1: bass is the big one it's sometimes like getting the right lead singer that goes with the band yeah that's been the two I've heard from friends where they have the biggest problems but yeah bass
0: there's I'm always getting people asking me about bass players and i I've been lucky to play with a bunch of good ones, Jim lampert and uh Jerry Zarkoff and uh oh god scott freelick uh rest in peace uh all great players man and and um
1: well, I was actually out with my good friend Harley Hills. You should know him.
0: Yeah. And
1: we were around. Their big joke was we were talking about Eddie Nebula and the play. I haven't seen him forever. Oh, uh, we were hanging out. I just, you know, I don't go to him. The guy that used to work at Dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. But we were hanging out. We always have these really good conversations. And I go, you know, man, you know, I got, those, I got your albums, if somebody actually funniest story about one of those Eddie Nebula and the Plague things. They stole the case and left the C D Wow And he goes, Oh you have those albums? I'm sorry <laughs> uh-huh. But he's playing like in Dino Boys now, the Grinders and a bunch really? of others. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I have to, see I haven't seen him. In Dino a long Boys
1: time. he's a really. I mean he's always been a really good friend and we always have these funny conversations with both of us would go, you know, we know a little about everything.
0: Yeah. I just met the guy that's in the M eighties and he's, uh, he does, like, he goes to the different Wegman stores and does painting and, you know, touch-up and maintenance and... Well,
1: I know Sarah DeValle, she's, I know. know I pronounced her last name wrong, but she's been on the show.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, but the only thing, like, before, because you know we miss it's like, ah, make sure we mention this. Remember, you had some news about Water Street.
0: Oh, yeah. Congrats to Deb Jones for, uh, being general manager, uh, at Water Street. And, uh, so, uh... Okay, bands, time to pony up your, shine up your instruments and get your set together and, uh, you know, knock on her door and see if you can get a gig at Water Street because she did kind of put a thing out on Facebook that uh, bands were welcome. So, well,
1: I would hope if, if I it's the I think the place band it should be welcome. Well, she's got a good yeah. she's
0: got a good past and did all you, that you stuff. Because know, she was a tour manager and stuff. Do
1: you know the history of that? Like when that first place started.
0: It used to be called the Country Warehouse.
1: Okay, that's. Yeah.
0: It was the warehouse, maybe then the Country Warehouse, but it was both. And I had a band called Zanzibar, and this guy Larry Petoni managed us. It was our agent, and and he got us a gig there. We played there a few times, and uh, but that was like late seventies. Probably. I'm
1: trying to remember my first show. That I seen, but there's also there's this old guy who bartended in the corner. He was not really Chopsy. Chopsy. Yeah. was. The, and I remember he used to make this one thing. It was like a banana schnapps drink. Really? Yeah, because I would always look oh, There's
0: Chopsy way in the corner. He there. was funny, man. Hey, 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 He was like a really. guy <laughs> you know
1: his secret though too was you know, and I know from working in bars, you got to go one way or another. He didn't drink. No? No. Yeah. It's like you serve them or you don't drink them. But i seen, like, some really... A lot of energy. Things. I saw, remember the band The Presidents of the USA? Yep. I yep. saw them there, parked in some alleyway. Which
0: they were they were pretty funny. You
1: no, know, they were good. They were sort of like, they weren't cheap trick. Or, like, we mentioned Weezer before. The, like I say, we should just take before the show. It's a lot more interesting that we talk <laughs> about. But they had, like, that sense of humor, like, what, lump? Yeah, And all those, like, that, that 90s. And you were saying you like 90s music.
3: I
0: do. I did. I do. I liked it. I didn't like it so much when it came out. But, like, I listen to things now like Bush and Tool and things like that. And I'm like, wow, these guys were pretty good.
1: Is that one yeah. song, like, it goes like Aunt Mary, you know, the one with the Bush song?
0: No, nah, I don't remember. I just remember, like, a couple of the big hits. But I have like Cloud. One, I have, like, one CD by Bush, but I like it. I mean, I listen to... This isn't '90s, but I listened to Chickenfoot last couple of days. I bought the CD. Yo, okay, Standing now Hager. I mean, it's kind of
1: funny you mentioned that because what did they do for the second CD? Because of the second CD, second album Swamp, yeah. they named Chickenfoot Three.
0: Ah, but I'll tell you, that first one is really good. I really like that kind of music. It drives, and Joe C- Satriani C- 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 is just. Isn't there great. like
1: one song that's almost instrumental, but every now and then Hager just screams?
0: It could be. I didn't hear it on because this is it's
1: album. I think Patriani, Michael Anthony, and
0: and the guy from Chili Peppers, the drummer there, uh, Chad, whatever his name is. All I can remember is the flea guy or
1: Anthony Kiedis.
0: Well, it's the, it's the drummer from yeah. The Chili Peppers.
1: Because they did that, I don't know, we, I think, like, somewhere in his band, The Circle. Now he's touring with Satriani. And, you
0: mean no like, Circle of Jerks? Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I opened up for the now That was a different <laughs> band. It is a band, by the way. Anyway. It is a band. But, yeah, that's like he's gotten all these kind of like he, has, he had the Wabaritas for a while. Yeah. And, the, and now he's going around, I guess it's going to be the first of both worlds or something where he's playing. He's going to do Van Halen stuff. Yep. But I mean, if you want a guitarist that can handle it, Joe Satriani. Yeah, I guess he's in on it. Yeah, it's Michael Anthony too. Because I guess I mean Eddie, who was sound pretty difficult.
0: <laughs> but, oh yeah. But
1: I guess like reading Hagar's book, and you'll find like, of course, if you're around from Rochester, you'll get the fun stuff about Rochester in it. But I guess he said like that last tour was a nightmare, that reunion tour. And he said, like, Eddie was.
0: Was that with Rother? That was him? the
1: last, well, this was the one with Hagar when he came back to Van Hagar tour uh, after Throne, after the stuff with Throne was over. Uh, and he said Eddie was just, and I asked a couple people who saw him, and they go, you know, I saw it a couple times. You know, Eddie wasn't his best, but, you know, Eddie at not his best and still. Right. But he said Eddie was just like, they wanted to, he wanted to can Michael Anthony. And Hagar said, I'm not doing it if you can him.
0: Why would he want to do that? Because he had the vocals, and everything. I don't understand why. Okay, he...
1: now what I've read, and I actually I read a book about, it was a bunch of interviews with Eddie and he always said they started with a four-way split, then he stopped giving the split oh, to right. Anthony. Oh, right. Because he said he contributed nothing. He was just lucky. And I thought he was a really good bass player, and he had good harmonies.
0: Yeah, well, there's a, there's a third part of the band thing, is resentment. Resentments start to grow, And, you know, usually over money, uh, more often it's like, well, now the guy that writes all the songs makes more money and blah, blah, blah. So when these bands do the four- or five-way split, they try to be democratic. And it's nice, but then, hey, I'm doing all the heavy lifting, I'm doing all the work, and this guy's making the same, you know, and then you get resentments. You know, other bands
1: will do, like, I guess, again, like... Lemmy and them, like for Motorhead, when they would do the... But they would add to, like, Phil Taylor and just going hey, he's playing the drums or whatever. Let's just cut him in the same way, too. But that's, like, the big sometimes... like But, like, The Who, they wanted Townsend to write the songs. Right. There wasn't any resentment. But Harrison started getting a little resentful in the Beatles because Lennon McCartney was hard to get him in. Yeah. And Lennon would just be Lennon and go, well, because they're not as good, which, you know, I'll disagree with in some ways, but... What are you going to do? But it's like what he said, he just said. And the thing about Michael Anthony was, you know, he just didn't contribute anything. And I had to show him how to play some of the bass things. No, but really? now that's sort of a falsehood because Eddie says that it's true, but Eddie actually didn't read music.
0: Yeah, but they were they yeah. were playing in the cover band before they got it big. I mean, I'm sure Michael Manus Anthony could pull his own weight. Yeah, but I Manus, guess he had, yeah. he
1: had to show him how to do it because Eddie couldn't show you the music because he didn't read music. No. So, and I don't know, I've heard Michael Anthony's, like, still the nicest guy. Like, he has, like, if fans come up to him. He's, like, still the all-shucks guy.
0: Yeah. He, he's a good guy, I think. I mean, I've seen him on some, some you know, online things, doing podcasts and, and interviews and things, and, he's, you know, he's careful about what he says. Which is number four on the band thing. Well, like, like, I actually talked to like one of our, and one of
1: our <laughs> probably once in future guests. I won't mention him, but we'll all know who he is. But he, uh, uh, Noel Monk's tour guide for Van Halen. Oh, ah, yeah. Man, that, that, that was the days the, the big punch bowls of cocaine. Oh, yeah. And he got really mad when they the Black Sabbath because they got Ozzy got into the fruit bowl of cocaine.
0: No, man. Doing
1: everything. But I guess, like, now, from what? Mike, now, just hearing from a source, Michael Anthony claims a lot of what he wrote was bull.
0: Um, well, who wrote? Noel Monk, oh. the tour
1: manager. But it makes Roth come off as the worst out of all of them.
0: Yeah, well, I can see him being a handful.
1: Yeah, but that's like Sammy Hager. I mean, you know Sammy Hagar's a great businessman. So he said, like, okay, when I toured with Roth, what we did was we made sure we booked wherever Van Halen was playing right after. And they sold out every show. Wow! I was going to go see him, but they canceled finally because I guess you know, Roth is just a good character.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got a very eccentric sense of everything. I mean, you know what? I kind of. He's sort of showy, but he's that his arrogance and his 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 uh, vapidness. I guess if, if you want to. He's funny as hell. If you really listen to him and, and the, the analogies and the metaphors he comes up with. are, are And he would say,
1: like Eddie would say that when they were recording, he'd get like a brown paper bag and be writing lyrics 15 yeah. minutes before the songs. And he's like, what, well, what do you mean by that? I don't know. Right. He said Eddie said he was a very, very intelligent guy, but he couldn't connect the dots on a lot of things. That makes sense. But he yeah, it's like me.
0: Like I heard that Panama was written about a girl... And a sports car or something, and you know they just had this idea. He had this. He knew somebody named Panama or something. I don't want to be misquoted here. I'm, I'm not sure. I read something, but the idea came about a car. That's why I think that little middle section with the.
1: Well, that's why like you get like a day lot day of like or, John Lennon been asked about I am the Walrus a lot. He goes, I could have said pudding basement right. it meant nothing. You know, I just came up with the phrase. Yeah. You know, it's like we go on on here with half the stuff. Like, heck, do you want to add in? <laughs> Wow! Really? Yeah. Excellent. Well, we can understand him. I guess that's not coming in well here. But I think, yeah, sometimes like you just write nonsense songs. Like you might see a phrase. I just his this. He's gonna breathe fire on yeah, you. Nose nose. He's so cute. <laughs> we always have our mask. We have to bring him back. Actually, we'll be taping on St. Patrick's Day this year because it falls on. Oh, it does it. The Shamrock shakes for all. Oh man! Can oh, we be drunk? You know, <laughs> well, actually, I know a couple of guests we could bring will probably be drunk. <laughs> sure,
0: and of India.
1: Oh, I used to yeah. work at bars on those days. Oh, yeah. So like, you, know, you know how that is, where you have the long gig, but you love the money, but you're going, I couldn't sleep for three days. After. Yeah, and
0: everybody's crazy and yelling at you.
1: And then you look at like, other bands, like Iron Man, Well, I think just because of their insane tourist schedule, they have guys leave and come back and leave just because they'd be touring, like like 300 days 300 days out of the year
0: yeah but you you think about it too I mean there's people that have been in the music thing and bands and all their lives I mean you look at guys like the the guys in Journey and like Neil Schoen can you imagine being in, in that business since you're 17. He
1: played for Santana for a right. while. He was, he was a
0: kid. He was a teenager.
1: And I think he was in there was some band called Frenelius Vandersnitch or something.
0: Oh, Started,
1: our, our master, Rob Mount, who knows all huh. the stuff, told me that one
0: time. I mean, I give them a lot of credit because that's a lot of hurdles and a lot of... Dressed, and lawyers, and things, and, you know, your whole life. Well, I think, too, it life.
1: also goes, like, the band name, too. Like, yeah. You know, like, it goes, but I also, I actually heard, I had to listen to it a little bit. Steve Perry did a Christmas album, and I listened to his oh, really? old thing. If you, if I played it for you, like, the song, and asked you who it was, you wouldn't recognize it. Huh. Because I guess he's had vocal problems. Wow. And that was actually Mount's idea, where he said, because he was there, front row at Toto and Journey, but he said, like, Toto was Steve Lukather, obviously. Oh, yeah. He said he was funny, but he said, you know, so, you know, he can't hit the notes anymore, so they had to get a younger guy who could do it.
0: Now, I heard a weird rumor that they're trying to replace that Ariel Pinder guy.
1: I have no idea.
0: Uh, I mean, is that his name?
1: I have no What's idea. Yeah. I don't know. Who's in the band right now? I know Jones in it.
0: It's probably Jonathan Cain still. Jonathan Cain. Dean Casternoval is playing drums. Um, I'm not sure who the bass player is.
1: You know, and there's also, aren't they, I mean, aren't they sort of another one that's like like Fleetwood Mac a little, just in the terms of when they started out, they were like a San Francisco or L.A. Yep. Sort of like... You know, that kind of, like, early 70s soul funk.
0: Well, they were trying to be somewhat progressive. Yeah. And when they had Ainsley Dunbar, it was great. He liked it. And then they wanted to go more commercial, and he didn't want to do that, so he bailed. And that's the other thing I always wonder about. I mean, we sit here and go, how do you quit something that's successful? How do you just say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, or I don't want to do that kind of music. I'm bailing out. I mean, at the same time... I can see where, you know, you get fed up with things if they don't change or if you're not making money, I guess. But some of these people, like, well, it was just time for me to move on. And, and, you know, we we all sit here and the people like us, like me, who are, like, still, you know, playing and still trying to accomplish something, you know, you go, man, if I had that shot, I would never leave, (laughs) you know. But... Walk a mile in my shoes. I don't know.
1: Well, there's the one. Okay, here's a rock tip I'll give you. If you have friends in high places, take advantage of them if they give it to you. That's and right. That goes, there's a movie, and it's called I Shot Bono. And it's <laughs> about, no, that's, that's the name of the movie. Where do you find
3: these things? You can
1: <laughs> look it up. at in the library. Uh, but it's actually the true story of a guy. He grew up with Paul Houston. Okay. Who's Bono, obviously, in, in Ireland. And they were good friends, and they both started bands. And, obviously, Bono's did a little better. But what happened was, you know, and he would see him, and he'd go like, Paul, and again, you know, he'd still hang out with him. Yeah. What he wanted to do was help the band out, let them open for you, too. Uh, the guy refused. Wow. So he didn't tell his bandmates, because he didn't want to, he said, I don't want to get popular that way.
0: Yeah. Okay, now, okay everybody, was, I don't care how I get popular. Take any okay? and <laughs>
1: like, say, Brian, Brian gets the thing right now. Hey, you want to open for the Stones? He's like, no, I want to do it on my hip.
0: Yeah no thanks i'll wait till somebody else calls me but they were
1: (laughs) mad could you believe it they were furious
0: yeah 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 i can imagine i mean you every every step along the way is good for your career i mean a a good support act you're still going to get noticed eventually i mean but you have to be able to wait it out you you know like
1: you wonder like i don't know the situation with john Rush know first album yeah but how do you imagine like you're in a band you know like the pete best thing obviously but you're in a band and just before like they really you know you're gone and you're like the guy who's like the note where you yeah, have like the uh, tough
0: one boy i don't know how much i don't know how i'd be able to deal with it i'd be in i'd be in therapy for well, a while i'm pretty for sure, sure. <laughs> I,
1: okay I, <laughs> lou's book i don't i mean i read lou's book a long time ago but i think wasn't it like they're in Florida. i know it was an aerosmith or just when they were starting to go on, they had to get rid of a couple guys because they just felt they didn't fit. I think there was one guy in Foreigner they replaced with somebody else He said just the chemistry wasn't there.
0: Yeah, well, oh, if
1: you're on here, you could tell us yourself.
0: <laughs> well, when you've got other people calling the shots, I mean, you get a producer like the George Martin thing. He just didn't think he was good enough. And he got Andy White to play on a couple songs, and then he just said, "Well,
1: Paul, you
0: <laughs> guys are great, but uh, we, you know, we gotta look, gotta, you know, replace the drummer." And then, how do you tell somebody that? You and know? I guess
1: he also had the things. They were like a gang, but he was like a little older, quiet. He didn't like to party
0: like yeah. in Hamburg.
1: He wouldn't go, and he refused to. He had like that sort of Teddy Boy haircut, right? And he just refused to do the little mop top stuff, right. I mean, you've had a, like, I mean, you've worn the wigs and stuff and dressed up for, like, a couple bands. I know. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, you know, when shags were in, I had a shag. When they weren't in, I got to cut off. i start laughing
1: in my head because if you've seen it, you'll laugh, too. I love, you know, I love Ian Pace. Yeah. But if you, see, <laughs> if you see Purple's video for King of Dreams, the... Yeah. <laughs> The wig he's wearing. Oh, like,
3: really? Come
1: on.
0: <laughs> it's like, okay, this is, like, so obvious. Yeah. Well, that's probably number six on the band thing is bad advice. You know, people, oh, this is what you got to do. Here's what, here, this this will put you over the top, and then sometimes it works, and sometimes it and doesn't. And I guess, like, you know. some
1: days you do, they like, want to, like, The elder. how to, how to dress <laughs> on stage. But right. I'll go back to Lemmy again because it's fresh in my mind. Cause, but I guess, like, when Robbo Robertson, you know, Brian Robertson came in. I think he's a fantastic guitarist. Yep. I mean, Widowmaker, Thin Lizzy, Thin Lizzy, uh, and he's fantastic. And I like another perfect day, and I know Motorhead fans. Are, but he came in, and he looked like an 80s guy. Right. And he had, like, the little uh, the hair, the little thing, the, the, the thing through the hair. Yeah. And he's he's
0: like, what did he have the tail? Yeah. <laughs>
1: and he had like the little like the little thing like the headband and he just looks like an eighties guy. Business up front. And, and Lemmy he looks at him, <laughs> and he's like, Oh he gives him money. He's like, Get yourself uh, some black jeans and a leather jacket. It's like no. So Lemmy's like So Lemmy goes, Okay, just don't wear shorts on stage.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's for, so that's uh plus I know like you you know, that's how it goes with bands though. You know, you're part of a club.
0: Right. I have a really cool leather jacket that my neighbor gave me, and I'm, know, dying, I'm dying to wear it at a gig. It's got the zippers and the...
1: I, you know, my weird gets. thing is I actually have a really good old one. I'm afraid to wear it out, though, because somebody's going to be, oh, furry. I might have...
0: I might wear here when we do our I'll, picture just for kids, kicks You
1: know, off. I'll wear it sometime. I haven't worn it in a long time. It's yeah. really cool looking. Let's do a leather day. Yes.
0: Okay, that okay, good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, <coughs> I think they're in the phone book now. <laughs> what is it called, OnlyFans? <laughs> no, don't do this at home, kids. So my other thing now, too, is I've been going through, we talk cartoons a lot, I've been going through the 1990s Fantastic Four cartoons. And I guess trivia up till then, I don't know now, it's the longest-running cartoon of a Marvel series. Wow. And it's, and you, didn't really, you didn't know the one about Herbie in the 70s.
0: No. You missed that. I, I laughed at your, at your reasoning, though, that they had, because the, the kids didn't want to, you know, well, we don't want to imitating setting themselves on fire. It's like
1: true, though. It's like, a, it's like what happened was, so there's a 1970s Fantastic Four cartoon. It's got all the characters except the human torch. It's got Herbie the Robot. so what they do in the comic book they acknowledge that yeah they're doing our cartoon we signed contracts for them to do it you know we're getting money and Johnny you overslept so they have Herbie but in reality they were afraid some kids are going to See, the human torches set themselves on fire.
0: So the the robot was in the whole series? Yeah. Okay. He was
1: Johnny character.
0: So wait a minute, he overslept for how many issues?
1: That was the joke. No, they signed for the cartoon. Oh. So they had to sign contacts to give the legal rights to the cartoon. Oh. And Johnny overslept, so he never signed, and they went ahead producing it, so they put Robbie in instead. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. But what? So what what about kids who hurt themselves trying to stretch? Yeah. Or, like, what if they tried to get exposed to cosmic rays?
0: Well, I, did, I tried to be invisible once, but, you know.
1: You ever try to eat spinach people, and get a hernia? People saw people through that. <laughs> that. Oh! Actors booing. He's like, I'm done talking. I'm on this sorry, show. I you I guys are done. idiots. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> but you ever notice that? Like, and that's like, a stretch. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, uh, like on the Star Trek cartoon, they have other characters because they didn't want to pay the other cast members. Yeah. So they have like the alien guy or Mr. Arians or whatever because mm-hmm. they just want to end the cartoon. That Star Trek cartoon is a good series.
0: Yeah. You know, I started watching last night. I mean, somebody gave this to me. I have some of the individual DVDs, but somebody gave me the complete Thunderbirds. On the sixties
1: you know, they actually on in the morning at seven.
0: And I watched that. I mean, these are all nicely remastered. The sound is great. The music is incredible, and it's very dramatic. And it, it kind of hit me that okay, obviously with puppets and, and marionettes, and but they're very adult stories, and they're done with a lot of drama, and they're they're written really well. Why they didn't use Regular actors is beyond me, but this was their thing with the to make it Sheep a kids thing. But when you look at some of the sets and you think everything is about six to eight inches tall, the, the the marionettes are maybe six to eight, ten at the most. All the paintings, the tables, anything in a room has to be in relation to that scale and. It's mind blowing to me how they put all that together, and the the flying scenes and the models and all that stuff. You
1: think too? I'm thinking back to like there's a lot of those Japan series, is like. Yeah.
0: Well, that's Derek Mettings. He was the he was the. The British in Japan guy.
1: things. I think maybe it's a kid that messes you up though. Do see? Oh
0: yeah. Weird
1: puppets and stuff.
0: I got this. Well, you bought that at those movies, right? Did you watch Big Man Japan? Yeah. <laughs> That's some weird the stuff, right so, there, man. So I was
1: actually going to say, like those Asian filmmakers, I think they, I think they don't care. I think they, I always, in terms of like telling stories, like in America, you would have to have like the the tough guy, you know, dispatches somebody, make the quip, yeah, you know, don't slip, like
0: yeah. kicking
1: <laughs> him off a thing or. Well, it was like a couple others like he had a he had a goal it was like Arnold dispatch <laughs> this guy dispatch this guy but I was watching I saw the Devil, which is freaky and there's no humor in that at
0: all it's Did, just nasty that's the name of the movie it's a
1: movie about this disgusting serial killer who's like has a family of cannibals and he abducts women nice. and he cuts them up and they have them for dinner but he he gets this this one woman she's waiting for a tow and he comes up.
0: I All mean, right, I'm defunding you, like, right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have worse. I have a lot worse. I have the Herschel Gordon box. Set. So I'm not going to spoil the movie, but, okay, he kills he kills this woman who's the girlfriend. The the, the father of hers and the, the boyfriend are cops. So what the guy does is he tracks him down, the son, but he doesn't kill him or arrest him. He tortures him, and he lets him go. Then he stalks them and tortures them some more. Yeah, Plan B yeah. until the bloody end. <laughs> wow! And like some of these, I mean, they have a movie called "Hair." There's a there's a Japanese horror movie, but a killer had a hair. It's a killer wig flying oh, my around God. killing
0: people. Now, now that interests me. <laughs> well, have you ever heard about Rubber? Like the Killer Tomatoes?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Rubber. This is Japanese Egyptian. No, it's about Rubber. Yes, the Killer Tire.
3: Oh it's my the God! The Killer
1: Tire bouncing around murdering people. Wow! But you want crazier? You You've got me to buy one that I've had people say, including Don Beard Player, it's like, what the heck is that? The Calamari Wrestler.
0: The tagline, rubber, don't tread on me. <laughs>
1: I think it oh. says that. But that one's like, the Calamari Wrestler is beyond description. I You're didn't
0: like, watch that yet. I have to watch that. Of
1: course, well, the wrestler, I guess, is transformed into a giant wrestling Calamari.
0: Yeah, a giant squid? Oh, my God, that's too weird. i got to watch it, though.
1: No, I haven't, actually, I haven't watched it yet. I have it sitting there. I keep... Waiting for the right moment because I'm just gonna go. This is gonna be, kids. Don't try
0: acid. That might be a 420 <laughs> event. Yeah, <laughs>
1: without the 420 stuff because you don't need it. <laughs> but you said too you have the Iron Man cartoon, don't you? From the South I
0: have one. I, I I thought I had a couple of them, but I only have the one. Yeah, it's the one with the Crimson Dynamo, who's a Russian guy. Was that like Titanium
1: Man of of
3: too?
0: Titanium Man, yeah, and it's, he's in his own little suit of armor. And what they did, basically, it's very limited animation. And it looked like what they did is they took panels, like comic book panels, and just moved them around. And did some close-ups and had, you know, some dialogue, mouth movement. Not quite Clutch Cargo, but, you know. (laughs) um, Wasn't Clutch Cargo, like, this weirdest, sickest, strangest thing ever with the mouth? Anyway... (laughs) And that was some technique that they, oh, yeah, we have Vox, Vulture Vox, or whatever they call it. But, you know, it just looks like they did the... It's cool because their comic book, they look like they're straight out of the comic book. But the panels just don't really move. There's just They just flash panels and tell the story. And it's, it's very interesting to watch it.
1: I like them, though. I think that there's like a... It's, I'll call it maybe quaint in a way. It's like cool. It's like it Marvel is. was just taking off then. Yeah. It's like a live comic book.
0: They used to show them, I remember on Channel 10, had uh, some kid's show, and I think it was Jack Friel. Why I remember this, I don't know. But he was like, all right, and, called, and he used to call them the Marvel Comics. <laughs> and, and they used to show these. They had, they had Thor ones and Captain America, and they took the stories right out of the comic books. It was literally just putting the comic book panels together. Captain
1: America throws his mighty shield. Yeah. Or Spider-Man, Spider-Man.
0: I like that series. I like that late 60s Spider-Man. I thought that was cool.
1: I thought they were all cool. They're like one of those, maybe maybe Marvel looks at them now and goes, well, those are really The 90s
0: Spider-Man ones, I like them, but the way they edited them, it's so fast. Everything is short, short, short. They just switch from thing to thing, and it's just like... You know, the dialogue is very fast. If you watch them, you'll see what I mean. I, like, but the, those 70s ones I thought were really good. I'll
1: say, like, one of my pet peeves for comic books of late, stuff for, you know, dear friend Caitlin Yarsky, is that I don't like a lot of the arts in books I've been reading lately.
0: It looks rushed. I don't like it either. It's it's, it's very CG looking.
1: It would have been good. It's like a good sort of... You know, old-fashioned horror story. I, I just read the DC versus Vampires uh, graphic novels.
0: It looks like the comic's been sitting around forever, and it got, like, worn. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The art is unfinished. It's it yeah, looks what it sort of
1: looks like the thing was, it's a really, it's a good story. I think they're doing a lot of, like, it's their take on Marvel zombies in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's just, the artwork is just choppy.
0: Well, back in the old days, I mean, I don't know how they still do it. But if you remember in all those, especially in the Marvel, because they used to do credits where DC didn't, but they would have an artist and an inker, and the inker would would kind of finish off the rough sketches so of so the artist. Around
1: here was well known for that. I mean. Right,
0: right, and and you know he would finish off the rough things, and like Bob Kane, <laughs> he didn't do that much. I mean he. I was reading some stuff about him. He pulled some shady business stuff where he owned... He's, he wanted his name on everything, but he had a lot of ghost artists. A lot r- of people
1: don't know this, but somehow, and maybe you know the full story, he sort of bilked Bill Finger, because Bill Finger really created Batman. Bill Finger but got he got, it, he got it to where it says Batman created by Bob Kane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he, he got the finger. <laughs> he he did not do But well. nobody
1: even brings that up now, really. They
0: do. You, 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 it, now, if you read stories, they'll say created by Bob Kane C- and Bill Fingers.
1: Yeah. But, like, one of the interesting things like, about Seagull and Schuster was Superman, they, like, basically sold it because they thought, it's never going to be big, our next character will be big. $130.
0: Yeah, so, I mean that was the going rate, I guess, back in the depression. That was a lot of money. I suppose.
1: Now this character is not going to be around, maybe in a couple years. Or... I mean, what's
0: one hundred thirty dollars even back then? You pay rent for a month or two. I'm going
1: to do the calculator, baby. Exactly. Say, uh, but it'll be equivalent of what now?
0: I but mean. I'll tell you the one Bill, the one Batman TV show that Bill Finger wrote, the one with. Um,
1: was that the one no, with the Adam he, West and Big Burt Ward who still doing the voices?
0: No, this is. I'm talking about the live show. Oh. He, he wrote the one episode with the Clock King. The Clock King's crazy crimes <laughs> or whatever. And if you remember the trap, the trap was the giant hourglass. <laughs> and that's totally Bill Finger. And that's where they got all that stuff from in that TV show. All those giant exaggerated traps, giant mouse traps, giant this, giant
1: that. I mean, most people, like, look at the, you can find it because, like, Dick Sprague did one. The whole... The map of the Batcave. Yeah. All the huge dinosaurs and coins yep. and all this stuff. Yeah. But the thing was, I would have loved this because I guess Adam West said, you know, they almost got Charlton Heston on that. Oh, my
0: God. Could you imagine? He would be have been, a, like, a good, like, a classical, like, a Caesar or something. You know
1: okay. But I could think almost like he'd be like a... Like, he'd be like a... Because they had King Tut. Yeah. He'd have to be, like, some, you know epic sword and sandal, like the mighty Hercules. That's what I mean, yeah. The mighty (laughs) Hercules. Yeah, he got the to be
0: Greek or Roman or something like that. Zeus! Yeah, there you go.
1: But I actually saw the one last night. I had not seen this one in a while. The one with the Jokers doing the Zodiac crimes. That's
0: a great, that's one of my favorites. You
1: know the weird thing, the first thing I thought when I saw this, okay, this
0: was before the killings. Right. But those are very, those stories really, they honed in on the comics pretty well. But it was kind of
1: funny because I literally – I that one I forgot where they get the – the Joker is fair because they get the knock on the door from, like, the UPS guy. Right. Yeah. Just pay the man. It's yeah. the penguin. Yeah. It's like, why would you bring it? This is heavy. And, and then I, the, the, the penguin just gets bagged right in the episode.
0: Was that the one where he does the little jingle? Oh, make them let and make them, you know. Yeah, he, he pops
1: it. up. They're literally O'Hara uh. and Gordon there. He's sitting on the windowsill. Yeah. He steals the map.
0: Yeah. That's great. That's a great look. Chief
1: life. O'Hara is
0: hilarious. And too. that was a three-parter.
1: Chief O'Hara is always hilarious, too. Yeah. Be I know. <laughs> and always about how, like, you know, with Batman saving the city. But that was funny, too, because they show... Uh, you know, Dick playing the tuba, right? They, and Alfred comes up behind the me. It's like it's the bat. I mean, it's that phone. Why, <laughs> why would you take it in the?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, they were pretty clever. I mean, I think they just got they were vic- they were victims of the success, and just by the third season, you know, they'd run out of steam and. People said, okay, that was fun, and then the third season just tanked.
1: I think it's like a it's like a lot of these things, it's like I was going to watch the show, What We Do in the Shadows, and the movie was funny. It's like about this guy doing a documentary out. Va- they're friendly vampires. They just want to live in society. It's, right. really, you, it's really funny. That it's sounds you, cool. So, but it, the guys are hilarious. But I'm thinking...
0: My girlfriend's a big fan of that, or the originals. She likes that yeah, show. It's I a, find it kind of—it's a
1: one—it's a one-note thing, though. So you wonder how.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's what happened with the monsters. It sort of ran thin because it's like a one-note joke after a while,
0: right? It's—it's it, like to me, it's like a teen drama about vampires. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, you know, just, there's not too much. The stories don't seem to change. It's just. All, a lot of vindictive stuff against each other and I don't know, whatever. But I read a couple things about um, the the guy that did Batman there, William Dozier. He tried, he tried Green Hornet, and that, because that, it was more serious, that didn't work. Great, uh, Then he tried you know. a Dick Tracy, and that didn't work. He tried a lot of things. T- the Tammy, Tammy Grimes, and I mean, he Batman, he thought he could just do anything, and then it, he couldn't.
1: What do you think about Jurassic Park actor? No comment. Inaccurate. Accurate all around. I I do love the like the one story where like when they did the pilot with the green horn on the Batman thing. Yeah. Like you know, Bert Ward's, Oh, I've taken martial arts. Yeah. You know, remember? I love his like his real name, Bert Sparky Jervis. <laughs> real. You know why they gave him this Bert Ward name? No. They changed it was B R T. They changed it to B U R T. Manly, like like a Bert Lancaster no. and Ward. He
0: was Ward of Bruce
1: Wayne. Oh, yeah, he's know, like I I know that well, just hit
0: me. I never thought of that. It's
1: in the uh, it's in one of the you know one of the many books. That but I that makes
0: total sense.
1: But big Hey, Sparky. Yeah. But. I guess he thought like, Oh, I've taken some martial arts, I can really do this. So he's like, I'm gonna show prof and I guess Bruce Lee jumped up and picked a light up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that was probably helped him during his fights too though.
1: Well I, I mean, guess they called it the Cato show over in uh
0: China and uh, stuff. bet. I mean that was the, he was he was the big deal. But see, I like the fact I like the way they portrayed Cato in the early even in the serials and in the old radio shows because he was he was more um, valued because he was actually the guy that invented all the stuff he made the gas gun and he souped up the car and he wasn't just a dumb sidekick or or marginalized marginalized for being you know Asian and you know it it was very um, and that's because George Trendle, who did Green Hornet and Lone Ranger was he wanted those kind of characters. He wanted very moralistic, stalwart, you know, this is right, this is wrong type of characters. Yeah,
1: you know, I just felt like Star Trek was really a breakthrough having the diverse cast. Right. You would think, okay, in the future we're going to be like that, but still, you know, it was still the time where Bruce Lee came up with the idea for Kung Fu, and he wanted to star in it, but they just think he couldn't carry it around. Yeah, America. that's too bad. No, it was more of an insult, was Carradine didn't know martial arts, right. and then I guess they used karate. Right. And I like that show, but I just think in the back of my mind. Imagine with Bruce Lee in it.
0: Well, that would have been great. You know, that would have been great. It's too
1: bad and everything. But I wonder, you know, there was a thing where I guess, what is it, some other network wanted to pick up Batman, but they destroyed the sets and NBC, yeah But I wonder, like, the only thing I could think of, and they, I think they could have pulled it off maybe go in a different direction a little and make it a little more serious?
0: Yeah, well, that's just one of those, you know, boardroom decisions. They said, well, it will cost us eight grand or $80,000, whatever, something, it was some crazy figure to rebuild the Batcave. And then why they would tear all that stuff down, and where does all that stuff go?
1: Well, you know, I mean... <laughs> I don't... I know, you know, the pro wrestler Jerry the King Lawler is like a huge comic geek. He owns one of the Batmobiles.
0: Oh, does he? Yeah. That's now, I Bobby don't... I cool. saw
1: one. There was... They had one on tour, and it was at Eastview Mall. I went down and saw it.
0: I saw it as a kid at the auto show. Could you
1: right? imagine, like, somebody trying to and
0: <laughs> yeah. drive away with it? They had it at the auto show here back in the, the early 70s, maybe. And I guess there's two it's of cool. them.
1: And Lawler owns one. I wonder, you know, that's something. You know, it yeah. is true, though. I don't think, and I hate the term collectibles. I think it's a made-up term. It's bull for people who don't really care about comics or anything else. They just got to have yeah, them. Yeah, they got to have them, or they think they're going to be... You know, I always laugh at this because, like, Tony and Empire Comics would always say, you know, people come in here and think they're going to buy this issue and retire. It's like, look at me if I retire again, yeah.
0: you know? I've been meaning to ask you about him. i got a bunch of comics I wanted to see Fire he...
1: away right now. That's
0: Tony, will you take some of my comics? I'll take anything for them. Thanks.
1: Want <laughs> <On> Hector? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think... Could you imagine, because I guess what would happen, you know, like Forrest Ackerman when he was a kid, he would go to the studio, and that's how they got all the little props like King Kong, all this
2: stuff. They are
1: just going to put them in the warehouse like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark could throw them out. He took them. That's why he's got his museum. Right. His big museum, because people didn't realize, and people didn't realize that with Batman... I know a lot
0: of actors grab a couple of articles of uh, costuming... And you know they'll say, I just had to have that dress or jacket or something. I mean,
1: there have been, I guess, there have been like some exhibits in New York for like they'd have celebrities bring in stuff. There's like some something where okay, send like a like a can of water or something. Like George Harrison would send a can of milk. Dylan would send like a like yeah. one of his al- like his album in a can, and you would have like fans will stick stealing them. Wow. We had back at Monty's, uh, That's cool. Monty's crown, we had actually Sid Vicious' jacket. It was behind glass. I don't know if you huh. remember it. It was like right where, you, where the bands play. But you know how many times people we caught people trying to steal it or like somebody right. would come up to one of the people who worked there and go, well, I'll split it with you if you'd like. Have you been there mm-hmm. since they changed
0: over? It's gone now. I heard somebody else buy it.
1: I went there for a couple shows. Didn't uh, Susie play there once? Yeah, maybe? we
0: did once, but I, 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 it was still. I thought they somebody else. They had a thing in Facebook. I they said that they somebody else bought it and they were going to redo what it. What
1: happened was. to it? I guess is it was. It uh, closed down again. They're going. It's going to have a different name and reopen. Oh, okay. It's like the Rasputin of bars. Well,
0: maybe that's what I thought. Maybe that's
1: you know, and it's weird for me because I worked there. I could. You know, when Luke's on, because we worked together at the corner, could tell some of the stories, some of the characters there, and actually sort of, like, just talk about bars, because they're just, like, symptomatic of the human condition. Yeah. But I mean, you walk in there, <coughs> like me, when I worked there, and I walk in there, and, like, you know, obviously the whole staff, nobody, it's, like, weird. Right. It's like Scotty and relics from Star Trek The Next Generation.
0: I always love some of these bars, too, like, the the, the the restrooms are downstairs and it's like what a recipe for disaster to have a bar where you're gonna be hammered or you know, intoxicated and stumbling down the stairs. You know oh. that, that opens up so many lawsuits You don't know how many times I heard like you would like wait for the crash when yeah. you see somebody
1: stumbling. There was a guy and yeah this is a podcast we could talk about we caught a guy he would come and he would poop on top of the toilet down there.
3: Oh my
0: god! And we
1: saw it, and we finally figured out who was doing it. We never figured out why. <laughs> it
0: seemed like the thing to do. doing like, with the door, with the lid down, on
1: top of the no, oh, on the
0: tank, like. <laughs> Yes.
1: We we found it once and we're like, what the heck? And then it was happened again.
0: Well, you know, I freaking tequila, man. It does it does weird things to you.
1: No, and the other <laughs> one, you know, because you know, but it was weird. Like you imagine, because I remember actually the memories of that was if you were tanked at Waterworks, they had a spiral staircase.
0: Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah,
1: and they would sometimes lay like their cases down, like on the side. Yep. But I always, I always say, like, when you work at a bar, it's like one of my friends said, and he's been in the military, he's in combat. He said, I learned more from doing doors at the bar about people than, <laughs> than anything else. All the stories I have. When and you was, can't uh, shoot them. That's why you quit. Most people. And couldn't uh, shoot them? <laughs> no, they drive you nuts. I remember, like. I finally got to the point you talk about. It's almost like, say, leaving a band, where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. These people are driving me
0: crazy. Yeah, I can see, I can see that happening. I mean, you you think it's one thing, and you get there, and it's like, okay, this is too much stress. And
1: you get the characters. I just I'm bringing this up just because they happened to a friend of mine who does doors. said about like the guys. How many G? All the clowns who hit on the bartender a lot.
0: Oh, right. And it's like,
1: okay, you're the 10th drunk to do it. But what they'll do to you is they'll come up to you and go, like, what's her deal? Or, hey, can you give me an in. And I wish I would have known it. Now I say what to do is say, well, yeah, her boyfriend's an MMA fighter. <laughs> but you don't know how many, like, relationships I've had, quote, unquote, with people I've worked with because of, mm. you know, I had the guy hitting on me who wanted us to go back to his place and play nude ping pong.
0: <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I, in a way I'm... All the bouncing bars. <laughs> you no, know,
1: in a way I'm flattered, but, you know. It's like, <laughs> but no thanks. Well, you love me tomorrow. <laughs>
0: okay, look, I'll paddle you, but that's it. <clears throat> We're really getting on.
1: <laughs> Valentine's Day is over. But it was kind of funny because what happened was, and I'm like looking at my friend, Bart, she's like, uh, she's like, all of a sudden I became her husband. <laughs> but he's like, you better stay in here. Uh-huh. So he goes out. And he's waving. He's like, I love you. He goes out, and he's, like, blowing on the glass and drawing hearts.
0: Oh, God. And
1: I'm I'm flattered. (laughs) Just, you know. Oh, man. I don't want my organs harvested, though. I just always tell people, like, if you went home with somebody, you might not have a kidney.
0: It's kind of cool, though, when you do know somebody at a bar, like... From work, when I was working downtown, I used to go to the Salingers all the time. And I started, and I have played there a couple times when he had bands. That guy Dennis that ran it, and I started seeing him. I saw him at a wedding that I played with with a band, and he was there. He knew the bridegroom or something, or the best man, and one of those guys was his buddy, and uh, or he might have been the best man. I don't know. But anyway, the point is, then I got to know him a little more. So, every time I see them, hey, man, how you doing? And, you know, then it's kind of cool. You feel like you kind of know the yeah, people yeah, there. Yeah, and then yeah
1: it's kind of weird. Like Amazing, you
0: get your beer a little faster. Yeah.
1: Oh, I would, that would be the weird thing, like, what I would You know, I, I admit, like, when I was, actually, challenge is the worst story I have about that is I was outside talking, some asshole dropped a beer bottle out of the apartment. Oh, after.
0: man. No, but I'm
1: thinking, okay, great. If it would have hit one of us, the guy would have gone to jail or something. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, even even bottled water. I mean, it, whatever, by the time the...
1: I guess have to talk
0: about the Fantastic Four, don't
1: try this at home. Right. Or a water balloon, don't try that. But I remember when I was, like, younger and working at the bars, like, you know, you get a little bit of, you know act like an idiot. It's like when I worked in D C and you had your badge where you didn't have to go through security. Mm-hmm. You know, oh look. But I would like go out with friends, we'd go to like a bar I worked at, it'd be packed.
0: They'd come right over to me. Did, did you <laughs> work in Georgetown or something like yeah. that? That yeah. that's supposed nothing. to be a cool place, I guess. a
1: uh, library was a good one. If you actually see if you watch Saint Elmo's Fire, I would recognize all those places. Oh wow. And there's a Georgetown, there's an old town. And I lived in Alexandria. it's actually a fun place. That's where I found the Christmas shop. Uh, And the first place I ever drank, at the first place I ever drank uh, schooners, which are the big beers, and I haven't seen them around here. Yeah. Uh, those are younger days in my youth and
0: uh, more my shallow days. <laughs> I
1: go through that. We also go through phases of life. There was like a phase of life where, yeah. like, I'm different now, or I don't drink. I don't even really like. It's hard to get me out. I mean,
0: I used to go to Norton's all the time, and then when Norton the, when he when he <laughs> sold it, when he sold that place, I lost my home bar because it was like literally three minutes from home. You know, quick drive, go there. We used to play there on Sundays a lot with a band. And I got to be buddies with that bartender who now works at an Italian place. And, you know, I see him when we go out to dinner there once in a while. And, you know, it's just nice to know people from the business. It's just weird,
1: like, being in the weird loop, though, because, like, when I croaked, it was like the news of
0: the bars because everybody knew me. Everybody knew around. Yeah. So everybody knew. Right, but when you know somebody from the bars, yeah. you don't have those goofy uh, misconceptions like Joe Average does. Yeah. You know it's hard work. You know that people buy it. I heard, though, I like,
1: you know, I was in limbo for the... I heard, I, it's like, you were the news of the scene. It's like,
0: <laughs> you were probably great. Were you a bartender?
1: No, I did. I did uh, barback, I did door, and I cleaned the place. Oh, and you okay. would have loved like, because... The people who were involved in the corner and crown, they were like like from Ireland and stuff. They knew you got everybody wanted to work for because you got paid, right? So like you would love like cleaning the bars, like on a weekend. You go in, I I would go in at night after hang out for a while, you know, take a couple hours, you just do the basics, and you would you would get paid just for doing that. It's kind of
0: like the old toad. Those yeah. guys strike me; they're pretty business. The only thing
1: about toad is I'm pretty sure, because I did the door there too for a bit. Oh, yeah? I think what they would do, see. I clean those I know Grimy cleans like the bug jobs. Right. But I think a lot of times they would have their staffs do it. But our staff was too lazy so or too yeah. drunk. <laughs> so I would do, but that was a great job. I loved it. It just got to the point, you know, the stuff you would see like in the middle of the night too out there. Right. And everything else. There's a
0: lot of irony with a guy named Grimy. Cleaning up a plate. But, you know, that's another show. Yeah, that's
1: true. But also, I'll do a shout-out, too, because any time I see Don Elcott, he's so awesome to me. Hi, Don. Yeah, you know Don, obviously. Oh, Radio Social, you know Oh, yeah, okay. He's always, like, comes right up to me and everything. You feel like you're a mean man. <laughs> you feel special. <laughs> And you're in the door like they're closing up and kicking people out. I was like, ah, oh, he's, you know, he's staying there. And <laughs> and I'm, I'm,
0: I probably have met him. You know him. You I know. I to see him. I guess.
1: I guarantee you played there enough. Right? I have,
0: but I just don't know. You know, a lot of people work in these places, but that's cool. Yeah. I,
1: you know, or like Cup where I know, Leslie or whatever. Right. We're made men.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh goodness. Heck, do you hang on a? No, you. Oh, you hang on a dinosaur.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was bad. I think- what, is he like a rhino? Is it, he? What, it what is he? A stegosaurus? A stegosaurus. That's right. Stay on here. He's got a little. Oh, he's got a little. Ones
1: it's a plush. Ba- he's a plush basket. I don't know. What, they're
0: from the Mesozoic. It says dinosaur. That's all it says. <laughs> okay. I got this as a gift years that's ago. That's cool. <laughs> Not the best
1: guest we've ever had in terms of talking, but he doesn't want to be embarrassed. By That's a heck of an
0: Easter basket. But
1: <laughs> believe it or not, we babbled like for an hour already. Yes. See, we could do, one day we'll do, we know what we'll do, we'll raise money for a charity. We'll do a 24-hour marathon.
0: Reckless, random rhetoric. Yes. <laughs>
1: but also, I have to say, coming up, and I think it's April 7th, you want to see this show, it's Primetime Funk. I hope. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's at Innovation Square. I'm sure tickets are out now. No. Nice. Nice. You know, and I know
0: last time I saw them, um, April 20th. April 20th. Okay.
1: Well, excuse me. <laughs> I know I had seventh in my head for some reason.
0: That's from <laughs> a guy in the, the van, time. so I guess yeah. we're going to go with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unless it's Greg telling you what day is. <laughs> I actually have a lot of these, a lot of shows coming. I think Adriana's playing at Love & Cup uh, in March. Like, But I just me and dates you know that look up you know she'll be on hopefully just yeah. finishing her tour today which i'll segue into something as we wrap this mm-hmm. up
0: i got march 8th at smoking joe's i saw Brian
1: playing like
0: yeah smoking joe's
1: is a good place to see things it's too.
0: fun man i'll tell you the, I, i'm gonna say it again the food there for a bar is really really good
1: that brings up my old... Yeah, I remember, like... He's got
0: ribs now. Well, I remember Susie...
1: Well, it would have been hard, like, probably protect his heart if he didn't have ribs. Yeah. But Susie always said, with well, the garlic palm.
0: Yeah, the wings are great.
1: I actually like the shows. Shiz- I will admit, I like them more in the warmer weather when they're in the back.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is good, because sometimes it's cramped in there because there's a lot of people there.
0: Right. Yeah. Hopefully, there will be on March 8th. <laughs> um... And then I guess on the ninth we're gonna, I'm not playing, but we're gonna go to Fairport and hear uh, this guy John Ebert's his band. I auditioned with him, but I I didn't do, ended up not doing the band. But she went to high school with John's, my girlfriend did, so um, we're gonna see him. And then my friend back in town, Rich, they're gonna be playing at the uh, Fairport Wine and Cheese Bar, which is right there in Packus Landing, there. So we're gonna try and hit, hit both. Because the first show, we're going to go to Fairport Brewing, and then we're going to go over there.
1: And there's a lot more. Look them up. <laughs> yeah, there's a barrel-age. Your own Kevin Smith is playing that Fairport Brew House. What do
0: we got for music today?
1: Yeah, we have. Well, you have something, too. You want me to go first? Sure. So I segued with Adriana's ending her tour with uh, Anna Smirk. She's an Australian folk singer. Oh, wow. I remember when they played here, she's very good. And her new album's Cortisol and Blue Light.
0: That's cool, man. We're going to
1: play a song called The Runner.
0: And I've got a piece by the Cadillac 3, which is a, a trio, which is like a, they're like a country rock weird, you'll hear it. But it's, this is the title track to the Bury My Boots, uh, or Bury Me With My Boots, it's called, I think. But I wanted to play it because it's got a, a whiskey theme, and I figured I'd send it out to Mr. Tommy Brunette, who someday will be on here. <laughs>
1: Eventually, see, that's the thing with the carnival, too. We have a lot of people, obviously, they're busy, and they want to be on here. We'll get, we'll get them eventually.
0: Or they can't be up on Sunday morning. It's hard for me. <laughs> well, we'll them.
1: start <laughs> at 3 in the afternoon on Thursdays from now on. There you on. go. Okay, on that, uh, anything else? Hector, it's like, never come on here again. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See ya.
3: Hello. <laughs> All through the night Put us
2: Five children and you can go with me I got a Bible-filled book along long sin blue blue. A little scripture, a little liquor Sometimes it's ain't sometimes a name I always loved you, baby, it's so that you just better believe it. But that time box clock is ticking down on me Well, I know I want to go out of style, baby, don't you cry, yeah Bury me in my boots and don't forget to wish me I see girl in the wind in my boots. and don't forget the whiskey, don't dress me up like I'm going out on Saturday night, invite all my red friends to party and holler goodbye. Into heaven, I just want to look about the hell of a party I'm about to bury me in my boots and dogs. Forget the whiskey, a lot of sitting there still. don't no need a kiss. I'm sitting on my way with some rattles. This is about five stores And all you can't go.